Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Watchmen on the Wall is ready to bring clarity to the chaos and remind everyone who tunes in that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. This week, Micah Van Hus will look at how the flood of Noah changed the earth forever. Larry Stam will debut a brand new tool that will help you share your faith with others. And Greg Patton will be sharing more of life with his segment of Living in Today's World. First though, all of us at SWRC and Watchmen on the Wall want to say thank you to everyone who attended the Clarity to the Chaos Conference this past weekend in Johnson City, Tennessee. It was wonderful to see old friends and make a lot of new ones. We also want to say thank you to the pastor and congregation of Boone's Creek Bible Church for hosting us. Larry Stamm has been sharing his experience and insight in the best ways to share the good news with your friends and family. Today, he sits down with Dr. Kenneth Hill and debuts a brand new resource to help us in effectively sharing our faith. Well, it's my pleasure to be here in the studio with Larry Stamm and to talk about the new television series that has come from his book, Serving in His Court. It's going to be a good set of conversations, I believe. So I want you, dear listener, to have the opportunity to listen and to carefully understand what is being said. We want Larry's voice to be heard and his information to be given. Larry, welcome. Kenneth, it's a blessing to be with you in the audience. Well, we want to talk about this new television series that's coming out, Serving in His Court. But first, I want you to talk to me about your faith in Christ and how you came to faith in Christ. Would you please? Sure, I'd love to. I grew up in a Jewish home. We were Reform Jews, Reform Judaism being a liberal expression of Judaism. Went to the synagogue. I was bar mitzvah at 13. I always believed in God, Kenneth. I turned away from my religion in high school, but not my belief in God. It was in college that people shared their faith in Jesus Christ with me. Initially, I did not want to hear about their Jesus. We were taught in the synagogue that Jesus was the God of the Gentiles. He was not for us as Jewish people, but the Holy Spirit kept moving. People kept coming. I'm the product of marketplace evangelism. I define the marketplace as anywhere outside the walls of a church. I came to faith through the testimony of a college friend, Greg, who shared with me and sowed gospel seed. There was a gentleman I worked with. As a senior, I had an internship at an ABC affiliate in Gainesville, Florida, learning how to sell television time. He witnessed to me. His name was Herb. He invested in me, sowed gospel seed. Finally, Kenneth, I came to faith in 1987. In September of 1987, I was flying home from Atlanta to St. Pete, where I was living. A gentleman sat next to me on the plane. I was reading a philosophy book, and he looked over, and he said, oh, a philosophy book. Are you interested in philosophy? I said, yeah. He said, great, let's talk. I have a master's degree in philosophy. He shared his testimony with me, Kenneth. He said, you tell me you're Jewish and you believe in God. I said, yes. He said, why don't you ask the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? 
if Jesus is the promised Messiah, and he will show you the truth. I got off the airplane that day in September of 1987, Kenneth, and I said, God, help. Show me if Jesus is who people claim he is. I want to know. Three months later, I once was lost, but now I was found. I once was blind, but now I could see. I believed for the first time that Jesus was and is the Messiah, that he died for my sins and rose again from the dead, and that through faith in him, I could be forgiven and experience abundant and eternal life. I came to be reconciled with the living God. And that was a real blessing, Kenneth, to have that experience. I'm eternally grateful for the Lord. As I mentioned, not one time on my salvation journey did I go to a church, watch or listen to a Greg Laurie or a Billy Graham on the television or radio. I didn't go to a Bible study. It was people out in the marketplace that God used to bring me to a saving knowledge of the Savior. That's a little bit about how I came to faith. So I've got a real heart to help Christians be change agents, to be vessels of grace in their unique spheres of influence. As a missionary to my Jewish people for a number of years in New York City, I did every kind of evangelism you can imagine. I did street evangelism, phone evangelism, cold calling, door-to-door. But I've got a real heart for people to lean in into their own unique spheres of influence in the personal evangelistic adventure, I would say. So that's a little bit about my story. The last nine years, my wife, Lori, and I, we've been doing Larry Stam Ministries. In our ministry, we exist to make the gospel of Jesus a confident topic of conversation for every Christian. If your listeners want to find out more, they can go to LarryStam.org, LarryStam.org. I was a professional tennis coach for 14 years before God brought me into full-time vocational ministry. As I mentioned, I was a missionary to my Jewish people in New York City in the 2000s. I've also served on a church staff involved in missions and outreach. And today, as I mentioned, we do Larry Stan Ministries where I preach, I teach, I encourage Christians to be vessels of grace and ambassadors for Christ wherever God has placed them. Well, your journey began with people who were talking to you about this relationship that they had with the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It was not a philosophical view anyway. I mean, of course it is, but that was not what it was all about. You were asking questions of this God, and God himself was answering When you had asked the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob what to do with this man called Jesus, when you got an answer, how did it come to you? Was it all this many months and years, or was there a a one clarity time that came to you? It was in college at the University of Florida in the mid-'80s. My friend Greg, he said two things to me. He was a Christian. He was witnessing to me. He said, Larry, there's absolute truth, and you can get in touch with it. Then he posed a question. He said, do you know where you came from? Do you know who you are? Do you know where you're going when you die? That really sent me spiraling, Kenneth, into what we might call an existential crisis. I began to search. At that time, I didn't necessarily embrace my Judaism, nor did I embrace Christianity, but I started to explore different worldviews, philosophies, and religions because I knew there was something more 
and I believed in God. I just didn't know exactly what that looked like. And that journey to faith culminated when I met this gentleman on the plane in September of 1987. I was reading a philosophy book at the time, and when I cried out to God that day, getting off the airplane to show me the truth if, in fact, Jesus was and is the Messiah, over the course of the next few months, I bought a Bible. I started reading it. It did not come alive to me as it does for some people. But the Holy Spirit began speaking to me in a variety of ways, and I can tell you, I would drive to and from work 20 minutes each day. My commute, I was a tennis coach at the time, and I would see billboards and license plates repeatedly that said things like, God loves you, Jesus loves you. And I thought it very strange, Kenneth. And then I came to faith actually on Saturday afternoon. I was on St. Petersburg Beach in early December 1987, and it was a beautiful day. I was experiencing more joy and peace than I had ever known before. And then I had an epiphany, Kenneth. An epiphany. An, an epiphany. I had an aha <laughs> moment where I, one moment I realized this source of joy and peace wasn't coming from me. It was coming from God. And then in the next moment, I realized that everything Christians had been telling me about Jesus, that he is the Messiah, that he bore your sins on the cross, that he rose again from the dead. It all rang true for me in a moment. And I drove home trying not to get into an accident. I was so excited. And I called that gentleman I'd met on the airplane. His name was Steve. And I said, Steve, Steve, I believe. What happens? What do I do now? And I, I prayed a prayer. I prayed a prayer of faith to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That was really the beginning of my journey. We often tell people to find a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching church. Was that what you were advised to do? How did you begin your growth in Christ? Well, being the first Christian in my family, all Jewish people on both sides of my family, both my father and mother's side, I was a closet Christian for 18 months. That's how long it took me, Kenneth, to come out, if you will. It took me that long to share my newfound faith in Jesus with my family. The first church I went to was a Presbyterian church. My mom had actually a Jewish friend named Myrna, and she said, Myrna's also Messianic. She believes in Jesus. Go to church with her. So I started going to a church, and I slowly began to get discipled. But initially, as a Christian, the first number of months, I had a Bible and I had Christian radio. That was my connection to fellowship and the Lord. It was really, I was going solo for a while until I got, got involved in local churches and, and was baptized, and it was a beautiful thing. Well, when we think of this series, Serving in His Court, how are we to view the series in total? When we take a look and we see it as a 30,000-foot overview, and then let's talk about the specific parts. Serving in his court, the subtitle is Biblical Principles for Personal Evangelism from the Heart of a Coach. Where that comes from, Kenneth, is I was a professional tennis coach for 14 years, and so I use the motif of tennis as a way to communicate biblical principles for personal evangelism. For example, if, if someone said to me, Larry, I want to learn how to play tennis in one weekend, I would say, 
That's not going to happen. It's a process. It takes time. It takes effort. In similar fashion in our Christian witness, we grow. We grow in grace, but often we grow incrementally, and it takes time as we grow in our relationship with God. So there's a little bit about the idea for serving in his court. You know, the Bible says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I use this idea of serving in his court. We as ambassadors for Christ, as witnesses for the Lord, we are called to serve others by praying for them, by loving them, by proclaiming the gospel to them. And obviously the court is a, a motif for the world. So we're to be servants in his court, God's earth, proclaiming redemption found in Jesus Christ. As I mentioned, Larry Stan Ministries were nine years old. We began in 2013. And when we began the ministry, Kenneth, I wanted to find out what do I really believe about evangelism, about personal evangelism? What do I really think? And that was really the genesis for writing the book, Serving in His Court, which we published in print originally in 2014, and now we're coming out with this new video series. And the idea of serving in His Court in general is that we would understand, internalize, and apply biblical truths about witnessing and about evangelism found in the Word of God. And in so doing, we're going to grow in our relationship with God, we're going to grow in our witness, and others will be blessed. The key verse, really, to start talking about the book and about the evangelistic endeavor is Romans ten seventeen, where the Word of God says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's where the power is. That's where the principles are found. And so that's a little bit about the 30,000-foot flyover, if you will. And I talk about the evangelistic process from A to Z in the book, Kenneth, which we'll talk about as we go along in our time together. Let's begin, if we may, with what you have stated to be the rules. What do you mean by that? That's one of your first programs about what's going on in the world around you. You call it the rules. Tell me. Yeah, the rules of engagement for personal evangelism. I talk about three primary principles of engagement in understanding, and they are that evangelism is a team thing, evangelism is a heart issue, and evangelism is a process. First of all, we need to understand that evangelism is a process, Kenneth. We look no further than Matthew 13, the parable of the soils, where Jesus talks about the sower going into the field and sowing gospel seed and some of that seed landing on good soil, some on rocky soil, some on hard soil. The parable explained, Jesus talks about the sower as anybody who will sow gospel seed. That is the seed in the parable of the soils in Matthew 13. The soil of the heart, interestingly, is not a constant. It's a variable. That's the condition of the human heart. And we don't necessarily know what that condition is, but we are called to be faithful to sow gospel seed. I talk about the fact that evangelism is a team thing. You remember when Jesus talked to his first disciples, he invited them and he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Remember in Matthew chapter 4, if your listeners remember that, also at the very end of his earthly ministry in Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Many of your listeners are familiar with that. Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples 
and lo, I will be with you always till the end of the age. So when we think of evangelism as a team thing, we don't do it alone. The Lord doesn't do it exclusively. We work together. The church is God's vessel of grace as he brings forth his redemptive plan to the nations and his redemptive promise found in Jesus Christ, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And often, Kenneth, it takes a number of gospel testimonies for someone to come to faith. I was just teaching this past Sunday night as we're doing this recording. A few nights ago, Sunday night, I was at a church. I was doing evangelism equipping, and I asked the group, I said, raise your hand if it was only one person that God used to bring you to himself. No one raised their hand. And then when I said, was it more than one person that God used to witness to you that was the means of you coming to saving faith in Jesus Christ? Kenneth, every person raised their hand. So evangelism is definitely a team thing. And then finally, evangelism is a heart issue. I tell people that the heart to, the will to, always precedes the how to. Oftentimes as Christians, many are intimidated by this thought of sharing their faith in Jesus Christ with people because they will say in so many words, I don't know how. And I say the how to is is important, but not as important as the heart to or the will to. So as Isaiah in Isaiah 6 said, in response to God's question, who will we send? Who will go for us? Remember the heart of Isaiah when he said in Isaiah 6, 8, here am I, Lord, send me. So the heart to share the gospel is critical. And if your listeners have a heart to share, if anybody listening to my voice, if you have a heart to share, if you have the will and desire to share the gospel with people in your sphere of influence, God will always help you with the how-to if you first demonstrate to him the will to and the desire to. So that's a little bit about the rules of engagement that is very important as we think about the overview of what witnessing actually looks like. We're talking with Larry Stam, And Larry, you have laid out for us some rules by which we can follow and can be productive in our efforts to share the gospel with those that we run into. When we think of those coming to faith in Christ, I think it's very appropriate that you would ask the question, how many of you came to Christ through the influence of one individual? And the answer is probably nobody, because we are creatures of concern. And when we grow up, we've already been nudged in directions toward Christ and away from Christ, and we've been nudged in good ways and bad ways. And when we have time then for the Holy Spirit of God to work within us, we get to see the nudgings in reality and where we need to go. And so we get nudged toward Christ, we open our heart toward Christ, and we have a wonderful expression of salvation. Larry Stam is our guest. We're talking together today about Serving in His Court, a brand new television series that is for you to have on your DVD player. We're still looking at this idea of coming to Christ and living for Christ 
you have mentioned in the television program the concept of training sessions. What do you mean by training sessions? I mean, you're actually training them to do evangelism? Is that what you're doing? Exactly. The Lord spent three and a half years training the disciples before he gave his life for our sins and rose again from the dead, conquering the power of sin and death. You remember, he said, I'll leave you the Spirit, and the Spirit would come. And it takes time. It takes effort. It takes intentionality to grow in our witness. And Jesus spent three and a half years, remember, in training up the disciples before he would depart. And we will train in various aspects of our Christian life. You know, there are classes for finance and marriage and other areas of the Christian life. And so we train up and prepare. As a tennis coach, one of the keys to confidence is preparation. In 1 Peter 3.15, the Word of God says, always be ready to give an account to anyone who asks you for the hope within you. So, Yes, we talk about training sessions in the book. I give a lot of anecdotes and applications and tools to help the Christian grow in their witness. We have more insight from Larry Stam coming up on our next program. Today is the debut of the brand new Serving in His Court television program. Learn how to effectively share your faith with this complete series, 16 episodes on four DVDs. Order today, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online, swrc.com. The complete Serving in His Court television series is available for you, your church, or your Bible study group. Ask how you can receive free shipping when you call 1-800-652-1144. The brand new issue of Prophecy in the News magazine is out with articles and insight on Bible prophecy, current events, and, as always, encouragement to keep looking up. Here with a preview of the latest exciting issue is Dr. Kenneth Hill and magazine editor Lee's Cutshaw. I've been invited to be here with Lee's Cutshaw, and we're talking about the theme of this issue of the Prophecy in the News magazine, Conspiracies and Mysteries. Lee's, tell me a little bit about this. Give me a bird's eye view. There's so much going on and so much good writing, especially by our biblical scholars and folks watching the end times, about the conspiracies going on right now, or what some people might call conspiracies. So we thought to take a a closer look at conspiracy theories, but things that are probably less theory than reality, and some mysteries still surrounding differing aspects of biblical lore. So We had a little bit of fun, but we've taken it pretty seriously for this new issue. Well, I noticed that there is a conspiracy theory that is presented here very openly, Klaus Schwab. Now, for those who have never heard of Klaus Schwab, can't be much of a conspiracy theory because you've never heard of him. 
But <laughs> Klaus Schwab, the fellow who has lots of money and seems to be in charge of a lot of money, is the person that is brought into the fore by John Ruiz in his article, Klaus Schwab, the Third Reich and COVID Holocaust, based upon information from Billy Crone. And Billy Crone has done DVDs. Tell me a little about that. Billy Crone has been following the COVID years and developments. And this is sort of a sequel to his earlier Human 2.0 and COVID-19 DVDs, looking more closely at globalism and what he calls the global elites, such as Klaus Schwab, and I'm going to name King Charles, and actually Joe Biden, and the others who are really pushing the globalist look at things, view of things, and saying that anyone who's not a globalist uh, or thinking globally, there's something wrong with them. So this is very much about what's going on with the World Economic Forum, and we thought it was extremely timely in that we just had a World Economic Forum, and Klaus Schwab was very much in the forefront of that. It's also much related to, and Pastor Crone relates, all of the globalism to also the global COVID pandemic and its aftermath that about which there are so many questionable things. Also, in this issue of the Prophecy in the News magazine, we have an excerpt from Dr. Lonnie Shipman's newest book, Treasure and the Coming Temple of God. What does that lead us to? Dr. Shipman is very busily writing these days. We just talked about his Heaven's Orchestra book in the preceding magazine, and he has this new book that not only talks about the coming temple of God, the millennial temple, but also things that are important elements in the coming of fruition of the Millennial Temple, such as finding the Ark of the Covenant and finding the ashes of the red heifer. And this particular excerpt in this particular magazine is about the search for the Ark of the Covenant. And of course, he references Indiana Jones, someone whose last name was actually Jones, who was looking for the Ark. But there's a bit of fun in this one, and certainly a lot of mystery and suspense. I hope that everyone will get a copy and perhaps even subscribe to the magazine. And you all can do that online at prophecyinthenews.com or by calling 1-800-652-1144. Thanks so much, Dr. Hill. It's always great to talk about the magazine with you. Indeed it is. Keep looking up. Today is the debut of the brand new Serving in His Court television program. Learn how to effectively share your faith with this complete series, 16 episodes on four DVDs. Order today, 1-800-652-1144, or order online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, Larry Stamm continues sharing insight from his brand new television series, Serving in His Court. 
Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.